0: Welcome to another episode of Sports with A, Z, and T. Um, I am your host, Taylor Lattimore. Um, Again, I am going to be solo this run. Uh, Call up the Millennium Falcon, as they say, because I am Han Solo, running solo. Uh, Bryce, again, will not be joining us. Unfortunately, we hope to have him back um, next week or at least um, within the next couple weeks. Um, so that we can get back to your regularly scheduled programming with two hosts instead of me just rambling to you. Um, of course, we're brought to you by Mohawk Honda, <clears throat> Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Saving Face Barbershop. Jeremiah and the boys down there always make me come out looking good. um, Jeremiah is my boy usually for cutting hair, but honestly, any one of them is great. Um, I've gone to a couple other guys um, there before, and they always do a good job. I mean, they're the best down there. Um, So without further ado, um, let's get into it. I'm going to again talk mostly NBA today because it is my favorite sport. And there's a lot going on. We have the NBA playoffs are in full swing, so I'm going to break down, you know, the second round, um, how that's going so far. I'll update you basically on, you know, what I talked about last week, how, you know, these this team had to do this and this team has to do this. Um, we'll see how that panned out and we'll talk about the future of the NBA playoffs. And to start off the show, um, lucky for you, because Bryce is not here, um, I'm going to be able to talk, um, fully about how I feel about, um, who won the MVP, um, in terms of the NBA, because, you know, with Bryce here, not that I don't love his input. I do. Um, but you know, that Bryce is going to be on the, uh, MB train and I don't blame him. I I don't blame anyone who says that they think that MB should have won the MVP over Jokic. Obviously that happened, um, a few days ago, now from when you're listening to this, um, Bryce obviously is going to pick Yoke, or, uh Embiid because he won. Embiid does deserve it, and and Bryce is obviously a Philly guy. Um, we know this, and so um, obviously, I, I, I we know that which way he's going to lean. Um, and I do think that him being here. Uh, if Bryce was here, I know I know the argument that he's making. It's the same argument that everyone's kind of making for why Embiid deserves to be MVP, and I don't, like, I'm not doubting it. It's not something that I doubt, and I, I, I'm i not going to argue with you that Embiid doesn't deserve to win MVP, that, that he didn't have an MVP-worthy season. I agree. I agree. I think Joel Embiid was amazing. I think Joel Embiid could easily have won MVP, and I would not Sitting here today, saying, "Oh, this is a travesty that Joel won MVP over Jokic." All I'm here to say is that through an unbiased lens, I don't. I I follow the Heat. I, I that that's my team in the NBA, so I don't really care either way. I'm just looking at it as objectively as I possibly can. And so when I look at it, I see Embiid. Became the first, well, the first scoring, uh, the first center to to win the scoring title um, since Shaq. And, I mean, we all know, you know, Shaq is, is literally one of the best players to ever play. Um, I mean, peak for peak, you could say that Shaq is top three. Uh, if you're just looking at peaks, obviously Shaq did not um have the longevity that you would have liked his peak was only a few years before he fell off real quick and became a role player who kind of jumped from from team to team to team to team he played for phoenix he played for boston i mean we don't think about that because because we don't you know we think about him as a laker or or, or uh on the magic <clears throat> so you don't really think about the fact that that uh Shaq fell off um that's neither here than normal I'm I'm ranting. I'm trying to get to the, the point at hand. Okay. So so Embiid had a great scoring uh he a great scoring year. He he won the scoring title. He averaged over 30 points per game and he was amazing. Um he has the team's success because as we know, obviously, uh, I think the Sixers ended with the four seed. I'm gonna pull it up um right as we're talking. I should have had it up earlier. Come on, be a professional. Um, but and 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 Jokic was a six seed. Um, so Embiid and, and had a great year, and there's there's no doubt about it. Um, I just don't know that you can say that it was definitively better than the year that Jokic had, as you can hear the sirens probably in the background. Um, stuff's going down. Uh, <laughs> um, but okay, so yeah, Philly ended with the four seed 51 31 record which was tied with Boston and Milwaukee. Um, they all went 51 and 31 um, this year. And then on the other side, Jokic and Denver went 48 and 34. So at first glance, I mean, you, you see the four seed and the six seed. So if you're, if your argument this this is where it comes down to. I've I've heard a lot of people on Twitter and around the league and around you know the media, um, the last couple of days. Some people are okay with it. A lot of people say that Embiid should have won it. Now, I just want to know the clear. I want a clear argument as to why Embiid should have gotten it over Jokic. And I don't think that oh the eye test told me that, or you know, numbers are one thing, but. I just think that, you know, I watch them both play and B just seems more dominant. These kind of arbitrary arguments aren't really arguments at all. And I'm not saying you have to use stats and numbers. You don't. You you can say the eye test. I'm okay with you saying, well, look, the eye test to me, um, you know, one looked better than the other. But the only way I can take your word that the eye test for you worked out is if you watch near damn near every game for both teams, for the Sixers. And for the Nuggets, I want you to have watched every single game. So I'm not going to go out here and say that the eye test for me is is everything. Because it just doesn't make sense if you haven't watched all their games. And so, like, uh, you know, um, if someone only watches, you know, the Nuggets and they say, well, the eye test, you know, or they only watch, you know, when these teams are on uh, prime time television or what have you... Um, but you can't go out here and tell me that you the eye test is telling you that you know Embiid is so much better and deserves to be MVP over Jokic because I don't think that you can say that because they've been they're so different in the way that they impact the game. Embiid uses you know a lot of defense to go along with the fact that he is the best. Well, this this year he was the best scorer in the NBA um, in terms of points per game, and Jokic maybe a little less defensively uh scoring still up there 27 ish uh give or take a game for Jokic so I mean he's he's three points off per game uh that one three away from Embiid per game so I mean when you look at it that way when you put that into context like that you're like oh well it's not like one of the averaged 24 and one of them averaged 30 now 30 and winning the scoring title is a great accomplishment and should be celebrated and you go down in history as the guy who won the scoring title but that doesn't guarantee you MVP now back to our argument of uh, the, the the talk of the wins so and the seeding so in Philadelphia ended the fourth seed they could have been as high as the two seeds technically since they had the same record as Boston and Milwaukee but due to tiebreakers and whatnot, they landed in the four seed, 51 and 31. And Jokic and Denver, 48, 34, the sixth seed. So two seeds lower. Now, which does, what does seeding really tell you? I think seeding tells you two things. It tells you how good your team was, obviously, the number of wins you get and how many losses is the direct indication, obviously, of of how good a team is. What's the other thing that seeding can kind of tell you? It can tell you how good or bad the conference you play in is. Now, it's an important thing to discuss because, you know, when you're looking at it, you have to determine... Which is the harder conference? Not that that plays a huge role because you you still play, like you know you you play out of conference teams all the time. Um, that that, it. But your a majority of your wins are going to be coming. Um, are your games are going to be in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference respectively? Um, so if we look at it, I, I don't know. This NBA, I think, is one of the most balanced. I think the NBA's ever been, or at least not ever, but in the past few years, there's not a, there's not a, you know, a golden state with Kevin Durant. There's not a Cleveland Cavaliers being uh, just dominating the East with LeBron or, you know, LeBron with the heat or LeBron with the Cavs um, or, you know, LeBron with the Lakers for that matter. But there's, there's no <clears throat> big, like juggernaut teams I wouldn't say now Phoenix is really good Phoenix is very 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 good um but they're not a juggernaut and as we'll talk about later obviously we're seeing that like no I don't think any teams are really scared of them um they respect them for sure and they're very good but they're not scared of them like they would be maybe a Golden State Warriors back in the day where it's like you're walking into this you're like man I don't know if we can get one game like most teams didn't, especially like 2017. The only team to get a win, I believe, was Cleveland in the finals. Otherwise, they were undefeated up until that point. Um, so, I don't think Phoenix is up there that high as that kind of team. Um, respected for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to bust on the Suns at all. I'm just saying. I think that they're not like ridiculously overpowered, scary. <clears throat> so that being said, I think it was pretty balanced. Like you could say, okay, your are you one argument you could say is okay, I, I think that the East was a teensy tiny bit stronger because, you know, the seventh seed was the Nets, which I mean, you know, that, that was a weird situation. I think in a normal year, you know, when they when Kyrie Irving maybe plays every game, you could probably bump the nets up and they maybe settle in, you know, I mean they could be as high as one seed but like well for our purposes we'll say they 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 make the five seed push Toronto down to six and Chicago would be uh seven in a normal normal year it's not like the Nets uh, with Kevin Durant are like um like I don't I don't think they should be down in the seventh seed a lot happened for their team obviously they traded James Harden midway through um and you would think, and they didn't even get to play Simmons but that's a whole nother can of worms um but yeah, so so we have Kevin Dur- so so the seventh seed is the Nets, but like Chicago's really the worst team that made the playoffs, I think. Uh, I think Bryce would agree with that because we've talked about the Chicago Length, where we don't really believe in them because they kind of fade in the playoffs, and you can't really DeRozan always fades in the playoffs, and I think his style of play just doesn't lend itself to to playoff basketball at this point, or at least not right now anyway. Um and then the Hawks, and the Hawks had one of the best offenses in the league but they're maybe the best offense in the league, but their defense is just God awful. And Trey Young's defense, especially. I mean, their star player, when he's out there, he's God awful on defense. There's no, nothing more you can say to that. And then Cleveland at nine, and you I do like Cleveland a lot, and I think they're up and coming. And even Charlotte down there, I mean, you could definitely see, like that 10, everyone who made the the play in tournament, those are all pretty good teams. Um, and then the Knicks, pfft, and the, the Wizards, nah, Pacers no Detroit no and Orlando Magic arguably one of the worst teams in the league um well not arguably like they they are one of the worst teams in the league so that's a pretty pretty balanced and then Miami at the top and obviously Boston up there and those are all good teams and there's no denying that the east is good but then if you look at the west I mean I mean yeah you have the Suns and and Memphis at the top and those are really strong teams best teams in the NBA uh, those two had a better record so they're more top heavy slightly um than the eastern conference but then at the third seed you got golden state and it's golden state the third seed so like that's a team that you almost get scared of like whereas i mean milwaukee i guess they're defending champions on the other side you can't really talk about the top the top the top like dallas luka Doncic. You, you're scared of that jazz awesome regular season team and they are usually near the top and then minnesota new orleans la i mean you know they still have paul george san antonio still coached by pop and they're always going to be at least a deadly uh force to be reckoned with you could say your argument could be new orleans pelicans had 36 wins and made um they had a losing record technically and made the and and san antonio spurs um losing record but made the play and that's that's an argument you can make where I guess the West is a tiny teensy tiny bit um less strong. But does that even out because at the top you have the Phoenix Suns and the Grizzlies who were so good and the Warriors right there. I i just put the Warriors in there. Like they're just such a scary team. And especially the 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 Suns um being at the top there. Like they are clear 11 wins more than Miami. So you have to play them at least a couple times. If you're in the Western conference, Memphis, three more wins than Boston or no, uh, three more wins than Miami um, than Boston. The other, their counterpart second seed, there's five more wins. So the top is pretty heavy and even golden state at 53 wins, same as Miami's 53 wins. Number one in the Eastern conference is Miami. But if Golden State, Memphis, or Phoenix were to go to the Eastern Conference, they would all be number one immediately. <laughs> so, I mean, does that top weight heaviness uh, you know, uh, balance out how bad the bottom of the the West is? Um, and I don't even think, didn't talk about the Lakers who were there. And obviously the Lakers weren't good this year, but any night you're playing LeBron James and maybe Anthony Davis when he's there, is a night where you can't you can't settle. You can't just go on autopilot because they'll pick you apart. And so I I just think the teams are. I think the the conferences are mostly balanced. I don't think an argument of well it's this is not like you know like when you count the playing tournament yeah people uh, they had a losing record they got in when you count the playing tournament in a regular season like without the playing tournament the eighth seed would have been you know probably I. I don't know if they... Oh, the Pelicans. So, yeah, I mean, they would have a losing record. So only one team made the playoffs with a losing record. Whereas, like, you know, back in the day when the East was terrible, um there was, like, two or three even teams with losing records that made the end of the playoffs. Maybe not three, but that seems like a bit much. But two, two seems like it could definitely happen. So I just... I don't get that argument. I don't get the argument that the you know, Philly got the four seed, whereas um and got what, uh eight forty-eight to 2 two three. Um three more wins that you can say, oh well, you know, Philly got three more wins in the harder conference, and that's gonna make so much of a difference between uh Philadelphia or between like Embiid's case and Jokic's case. I've literally seen people be like oh, so this means that the MVP isn't about winning anymore because we gave it to a 6 seed over a 4 seed? Like, like if you didn't give it to Chris Paul, the best player on the best team, or or Devin Booker, whichever one you want to say, is the best player on the best team, the Phoenix Suns, if you're not giving it to them and that's not your argument, then you can't bring up, like, the team's record almost at all. Like, I think you disqualify yourself just because you can't really say, oh, you know... Phoenix uh you don't really deserve to have an MVP cuz you're just your team's just too good but like we're going to give it to Embiid because he took his team with all the turmoil to the 4 seed in the harder Eastern Conference. Like like that doesn't make sense. If you're going to bring the argument of wins and seeding up when you're picking Embiid over Jokic, then why are you not why are you picking Jokic over um, you know, Chris Paul or 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 Devin Booker or in the Miami Heat like Jimmy Butler because he was the best player on the best team in the East see what I'm saying I hope I'm making sense I feel like I'm um rambling and then trying to pull it back um uh so I hope that you guys are uh are sticking with me um so then I wanted to bring up another point um just to hammer it home before I get into I I I'll I'll get off this uh, Embiid-Jokic talk. I've been talking for nearly 20 minutes on it. So I think I'll get off of it. But I did want to bring up this one thing too. We all know that Jokic, Jokic has all the stats, um, advanced stats. And he leads in every advanced stat, which a lot of people will say, well, the analytics guys, you don't want to, uh, you know, analytics is crazy. You're just bots or whatever. I get that, and I don't want to... As as I don't want to rely everything on the eye test unless I've watched every single game, and I don't want to rely heavily or all the way on stats either because they can be manipulated in ways and um, they can deceive in ways. Um, but the one thing I will say is that at some point, the overwhelming amount of advanced stats that point to Jokic... I just think that has to mean something like it can't mean nothing like all of these people who developed these analytics weren't making them for Jokic. They were just making them because they wanted to find a more statistical ways that they could, you know, track players. And I think you can't just throw out all the analytics. If you say, oh, I don't like PER, that's fine. That's fine. Player efficiency rating you you cannot like PER, but what about what about box score? Okay, you don't like the box or the uh, PER. Uh, that's fine, and we can keep going with this. We can say, oh, like you don't like win a value over a replacement player, VORP uh, as they say, or uh, win shares, or um, true shooting percentage, or like you could say you you don't believe in this or that. But to say you don't believe in all of them, and you don't believe that maybe if all the statistics—that's literally what statistics is—is is finding like patterns and 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 uh, and trends and whatnot. And so, like, to see everything trending towards Jokic, like not just one, not just two, all of them, all of them. He leads in PPR. He is, you know, fourth in the entire NBA. This is the entire NBA, not just not just Embiid versus Jokic. This is the entire NBA. Every good player that you know and love. True shooting percentage, Jokic is fourth. And then, like, offensive win shares, Jokic is first. Defensive win shares, Jokic Jokic is second. Win shares, Jokic is first. Win shares over 48 minutes, Jokic is first. Offensive box plus minus, Jokic is first. Defensive box plus minus, Jokic is first. Box plus minus, which is just, you know, the aggregate of those two. Jokic is first. Vorp. Guess what? Jokic is first. He leads in every, almost every, or he's second or fourth. I mean, that's pretty good. In every statistical, advanced statistical category. Except for, you know, block percentage, obviously he doesn't assist percentage. He is in the top four. Um, Total rebounding percentage, he's in the top three. Um, uh, Joel Embiid is not higher than him in anything. Okay, so we have their advanced stats go to Jokic by a long shot. Not even close. All of them. Not just a couple. All of them. Nearly. Basically. Either have him first or second. And if we're going against Embiid, he would win in all of them. Because Embiid doesn't beat him in a goddamn single advanced stat. So, I'm not saying you should turn all of your stock into it, but add it to the picture. You have the eye test for what it, for what it's worth. But I think both these guys are amazing. So it's as hard to nit, nitpick. I know my basketball eyes are not good enough to nitpick the tiny minutiae in their game where you say, "Oh, I think that this player is more dominant." Like Embiid is probably more dominant. He's a little more physical, but Jokic has such finesse that they and and and, and the playmaking. He's one of the best, if not the best, uh passer, big man passer in the game ever. He's literally on the short list of big man passers ever. He has vision like LeBron James and height like you know Joel Embiid. He's seven footer, like he can and long arms. He can throw it over you, but he has the height and quickness um, and and place and IQ to know how plays are developing. So that is people don't talk about that enough, but that's the best quality about Jokic. Not his defense. Yeah, Jokic's are Embiid's probably. Best quality, maybe points, uh, scoring, or or defense. He's really good on defense. I'd probably say scoring because he did lead the league in scoring. But then defense is right there. But Jokic can score with the best of them. And he is a genius with the basketball when it comes to playmaking. So so the advanced stats go to Jokic. The regular stats, I mean, points per game, you, that, that goes to Embiid. So then seeding. We talked about seeding. So, seeding, I mean, does it go to Embiid? Maybe you say it goes to Embiid. Maybe you don't. But let's be honest. The fact of the matter is, I'd say it's pretty even. I mean, four in the east, six in the west. But when you look at it, this is the last thing I'll say. So, I, I just think with everything there, I think it's a pretty even matchup. And I think, you know advanced stats, maybe they're the thing that pushes uh, Jokic over um, the line. I just think that you can't ignore it when they're so close on everything else. And if the thing one thing you say that they're not close at um, is is the record and I give to you everything that I just said about how they're you know the conferences are pretty even. And when it comes down to it, there's a three-win difference. It's not like one was, you know, forty wins and the other had sixty wins. That's that's a big difference. That's twenty games. That's nearly like a, a, that is a what eighth of the season, or no, that's a quarter of the season. So, yeah, like that. That's that three games is nothing in my book. I mean, I I don't really see. Ah, uh, the big deal about it. Um, I'm trying to look up the one more stat I wanted to bring up before I move on to the the NBA playoffs, the second round. Um, just to solidify how dubious I think the argument is that um that and uh, Embiid had a better um year than than Jokic terms of winning so so the Denver Nuggets <clears throat> had a record of two and six without uh Jokic this season so the team is bad that that that's the, that's the biggest reason that I think Jokic had like, like the advanced stats aside you have the advanced stats they're both good eye test wise they both do different things so it's hard to really compare them apples to apples but I think they're both obviously they're both amazing players Embiid did it with an easier team he got three more wins with a much better team because the Denver Nuggets without Jokic are a lottery team maybe the worst team in the NBA one of the worst teams because they're missing Jamal Murray and they're missing Michael Porter Jr their second and third best players so without all that Jokic still led them to the sixth seed and that is why he's the MVP because the Denver Nuggets had a two and six record without Jokic, six games they lost, two games they won without Jokic. So let's let's take away those two wins that the Nuggets had without Jokic. So that brings their total to uh, forty eight minus two, forty six. So Jokic won forty six games for the Nuggets. The, t- the games he didn't play don't count. And I'm only talking about wins, I don't care about losses. Obviously, like they were more they lost more when he was not on the court. You could take away those losses too and matter, but the, the wins are what's important here. Mm. Okay, so now let's look at the uh the Sixers. 76ers record without Embiid. Because that, my friends, is where the rub lies. So the Philadelphia 76ers had a record of six and eight without Joel Embiid this season. So they won six games without Embiid. They played more games without Embiid, but that's just another point to Jokic for his durability. And if you take those six wins that the Sixers won without Embiid, drum roll please, ladies and gentlemen. That brings you to 45. So, in reality, if you take away the wins that the team had when these MVPs weren't even playing, the 76ers had less wins. 45 to 46. Jokic had 46 wins when he played for the Nuggets. Embiid had 45. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not even saying that, like I said at the beginning, that Embiid shouldn't be. All I'm saying is that this is why Jokic got it. And I don't think that it's crazy. And I don't think it was a steal. I think it was given to the correct player. Or at least least one of the two correct players. And I don't think that there was a good enough argument against him winning it. That's all I'm saying. And if you believe in bead which I know Bryce is on that train and I'm with him and I would if Embiid was up there, I probably wouldn't have said, oh, it's ridiculous that he got it. All I'm making an argument for, all of that I've done for the past half an hour is explain to you why I think that it is nowhere near a steal um, that that he got. I don't think it was stolen from Embiid. I think that this is fair. Jokic should, could definitely be the MVP. Should definitely be the MVP by my metrics that I just laid out. All right. Let's move on because I'm sick. You're probably turning me off because you're sick of hearing me um, bitch about Jokic and Embiid. And I, I just got so pissed because there's so many people like that were just disrespecting Jokic and saying that he was the, like, what is this award coming to? What is this? Like uh, MVP means nothing, or 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 that it's ridiculous that he got it over uh, Embiid. I just think the MVP should be the MVP, the most valuable player, the one who raised the floor of his team the highest. Because you know, if we're talking best best player on the best team, then that's Philly, or or that's Philly, that's Phoenix, and that's you know chris paul or that's miami the number one seed in the east and that's jimmy butler or devin booker on the phoenix either way so i think it's the most valuable player and i think Jokic definitely was in that category because he he raised a terrible team up to the sixth seed and it's not a playoff award so i don't want to hear anything about that if you want the nba to make a playoff mvp i would be down for that then we can stop having these conversations of well you know it, he did nothing in the the first round with a shit team against Golden State. Yeah, like, yeah, Jokic or, or Embiid, you know, beat up Toronto. And Toronto's not as good, and they had a full team, you know, like with James Harden. So I I just I I would love to see a fi- a, a, a a playoff MVP of some sort. That would that would alleviate a lot of this. And and you're right, Jokic or Embiid let's get to it actually. Embiid's playing great. Um, let's start with that series because I want to get out of here because it's about to be on, um, Miami tied two, two. Yeah. Uh, this one, I I talked to you last week. Um, and I, I said, you know, Miami, I think it won the first game right about then. Um, and they hadn't won the, uh, The second game but I said it was probably likely because Embiid was out and of course it was the two games at home Miami won hold hold serve at home 2-0 went back to Philly Embiid came back Embiid's playing very very well you got to give him credit especially because he's playing on a torn ligament in his thumb and a broken face and I would definitely give him you know a crack at a at a playoff MVP if he keep if he if they go on to win the title um for sure And Bede's playing amazing. He completely changed the tone for this series. Um, He came back and Philly played with a vengeance. They were also home, which helped. Um, And a physicality that he has on the inside is undeniable. I mean, Miami was having their way on the inside, especially, bam, the first two games. And then he just hit a wall. And that wall's name is Joel Embiid. Um, So that that series went about as well as I expected. Um, Coming back 2-2. Um, going back to Miami for game five, that's on in a few minutes. So I'm going to try to wrap it up. Um, but I'll go through every series quick. Um, Miami <clears throat> is now, you know, best of three series. Miami's still the number one seed. So they have the, uh, the two games at home. This game right here tonight is a must win. And I am so nervous for it because it is, it is literally a must win in my eyes. I mean, I, I just don't see with a win in their belt, maybe they could come back and, and win in Philly, but the way that they played in Philly the first two games, if they're gonna shoot like they shot, which is to say terrible on the road, then then, you know, I, I we just can't have that. The role players have to hit their shots and if they're gonna hit them in Miami at a consistent clip, then they're gonna have to win in Miami. So they they don't have to win on the road because they have that luxury of the number one seed. So they can win tonight. <laughs> and then well tomorrow or yesterday depending on when you're listening um maybe a couple days ago but it's it's it, they have to win game 5 they have to they have to in my eyes i just don't see them coming out of the series without forcing it to 7 and winning on their home court or maybe they can win tonight and then and then maybe pull off a stunner in game 6 it's just a, it's a lot of pressure to be down in a closeout game on the road in a place where you haven't shot good this whole series. These, these last two games you shot horrendous. Um, I just don't see a way out for Miami unless they win this game, which I'm confident they can because they, because they're the home team. They haven't lost a home uh, in the playoffs yet. And, and they, you know, role players shoot better. And I think they'll shoot better. And hopefully when I'm talking to you next week, you know, hopefully the Miami heat are in the Eastern conference finals, um, but I don't know, Philly's looking good. If Philly can steal one of two on the road, that's all they need to do. If Joel Embiid can put the team on his back and Maxi can really get in there, I am scared. Um, but I'm confident that the Heat can pull this win off. And then if they have to force it to a game seven, I think they can definitely win a game seven. Um, that'll be a heartbreaker for Philly if they force it to game seven and lose, especially with Embiid being banged up. Because if he was healthy, obviously, you'd probably, they might be the favorites. Um just because Embiid is playing very, very, very well. Jimmy Butler's playing well, too, so I'll I'll give him that. He's definitely pulling his weight. It's the role players that need to hit their shots. If they hit their shots, then Miami should move on. Uh, Milwaukee and Boston, uh, this has been one hell of a physical series um, going back and forth, and just Boston. I I, I thought Milwaukee was going to win the other night and go up 3-1, but Boston coming back on the road And beating Milwaukee is quite impressive. Um, What about Al Horford? How about that? I mean, this guy's been in the league for so long. He just having the game, the series of his life. It's it's amazing what he's doing. I mean, I never thought if I wouldn't believe if you told me two years ago, uh, like or last year, whatever, when he was on Oklahoma City doing nothing or whatever, that he would be in a, in a series with Giannis Antetokounmpo and he would be, you know, spearheading the charge when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on his team spearheading the charge with J- Jason Tatum. It's been Jason Tatum and, and Al Horford who, who'd have thought. Um, but I, I, I still lean Giannis and the Bucks in this one. Um, they'll be playing tomorrow. So when this episode drops, they will be playing uh, Wednesday night. Um, this series, man, it, it's, it's really entertaining. Um, you know, Boston's defense versus just the physical freight train that is Giannis Antetokounmpo—it's um, really fun to see. And then Milwaukee, when they can put together good defensive stretches against Boston, it seems like they keep getting leads and then giving them up. Boston finds a way because I think that's that's the defense showing through, and that that's how you create runs—is you you make stops so boston has one of the best defense if not the best defense right now in the, in the nba um so yeah they're gonna have to be worked but ultimately i mean i still run with Giannis. i picked him to win and the whole thing the whole the whole damn playoffs the whole finals i and i'm sticking to it i, I do think that milwaukee will come back and win one of these next two on if they have to do it. They already won on the road. Both teams have already won on the road. So it's like, this is, this is a series that's like in the Miami series, it's two, two. And it was the home team, home team, home team, home team. This one it's home team, away team, home team, away team, which is kind of cool. And it makes it very much more unpredictable. Um, but I still think that Milwaukee finds a way to do it um, because I'm not afraid of them winning on the road. I think that they could win one, a uh, one or two, on the road in Boston. Uh, Golden State-Memphis, good thing I don't have to talk about this very much. Golden State leads 3-1. John Morant is probably out, likely out for the rest of the playoffs. Um, So, sorry Memphis. Yeah, it's over. Um, There's no possible way um, in hell that Memphis sans John Morant is going to claw their way out of a 3-1 hole against the Golden State Warriors who know all too well what it's like to blow a 3-1 lead. They shan't be doing it this time. Not unless barring some, you know, Steph Curry major injury, knock on wood. We don't want that happening. Um because I mean Ja, we're missing Ja for the rest of the playoffs. And I do think that if they were up if it was 2-2 or something, that maybe Ja would not be out for the playoffs. Like maybe like they're saying out for the playoffs because it's like, yeah, they know they're playing like one maybe two more games like there there's no way it's going to seven games even so i i wouldn't even know golden state's winning this they're they're doing what they're doing they're not even playing their best basketball that's the scary thing is this team can still get better and play better and if they do then the rest of the league better watch out because they have championship pedigree to the nth degree um and with jordan pool playing like jordan pool is right now You know, he's a third splash brother who can be relied on, and it's insane that they have three of them now. If this keeps up, last series I'm going to talk about and then get out of here because the Miami Heat are tip off is about to begin pretty soon. Um, and last one is um, Phoenix and um, obviously Dallas. So, Phoenix and Dallas, this series. Is a straight up showcase for Luka Doncic. This this guy, it, he's unbelievable. Really, um, I mean, Philly, you're hanging in there. Oh, I just Philly, Philly's the or Phoenix, Phoenix, you're hanging in there. They're 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 the favorites still, probably. But I mean, Phoenix, it just it seems like Luka is on his way. And I don't know if it'll be this ser- this series, this playoffs, but sooner or later. Luka Doncic is going to be the guy, the best player in the NBA. I think. Just, I, I just think he will. He, he is on his way. He is already right now. I'm pretty sure as of right now, he is either beating or tied with Michael Jordan for the, uh, for the points per game in the playoffs record. I mean, man's dropping forty points like it's nothing in the playoffs. It doesn't matter against Phoenix, who's a good defensive team, against Mikael Bridges, who is was a defensive player of the year candidate. He is making him look silly. He is just manhandling him. He's getting whatever he wants. And, you know, Phoenix can live with that if he's the only one getting whatever he wants. But then if you add in guys like, you know, Jalen Brunson also scoring at a high clip. And I I just love the back and forth because, uh, you know, Devin Booker uh, blocked a shot from Jalen Brunson and he called him soft he said fucking soft, but, um, it, and then to come back and see Jalen Brunson literally like throw Devin Booker to the ground and score on him and, and help Luca, uh, tie this series up two two. um, it's just insane to watch. Um, Luca is becoming one of my favorite players, uh, in the NBA. Uh, he reminds me of LeBron in some ways. With his passing, uh, but he can score like, and he makes it look so goddamn easy. It's it. He's so fun to watch. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite players, um, and he he's really he's really putting it to him to Phoenix. I tend to think that Phoenix will still come back. I mean, they have Game Five tonight uh, in Phoenix. I'm sure that Phoenix will win this game, um, and then force you know, Golden uh, force uh donchich and the mavs to to win one on the although they have to win one on the road anyway um so i, I just i just don't know that they can easily win uh in phoenix <sighs> unless luca just continues to put up luca magic he's gonna have to carry them into the next round if they're gonna make the next round and if they do then watch out because i mean if Luka can pass this phoenix team then you know, Golden State's going to have their hands full next next week or or next series if they make it because who's going to guard Luka? I mean, Draymond would be the only suitable candidate. Even Draymond, I mean, Draymond is the one I'd want on him because even Clay up against him, like, that scares me. Like, just Cal Bridges is is literally a defensive player of the year candidate. Like, if if Marcus Smart didn't win it, he might have won it. And so the fact that Luka's able to just destroy him is... Is scary for the rest of the league. Um, so I still think Phoenix is going to win this series. If I had to put money on it, I would put Phoenix down. So uh, Phoenix and Golden State in the next series, and I'm hoping Miami gets a win tonight and can move on. Um, win the game seven if they have to in Philadelphia or in Miami against Philly. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, I I really do think that. Miami has all the tools in the toolbox to win this series. They're getting the open looks. They just need to hit them down. And I think that Giannis finds a way to win against this Boston team because Giannis, I still think right now, is the best player in the entire NBA. Uh, I hope you guys like my NBA solo talk. Um, I know I kind of droned on a little bit about the MVP there, but it just pissed me off. So I had to say say my uh, two cents. I've been thinking about it. Uh, for the past well since it got announced and I've been seeing all the reactions to it throughout the world well the world (laughs) the US uh, the media Um, so thanks for hanging with me if you hung on this long Um, I gave you another 45 minutes couldn't quite make it to an hour but hell I'm by myself Um, so for us here at uh, Sports with and T thanks for hanging on hopefully we will be back with Bryce next week and if not I'll be here solo and hopefully the week after that Bryce can come back and we can get full on into his reaction to, um, the NBA. Hopefully that he to beat the Sixers. Cause if not, then he'll be really happy and I'll be miserable or vice versa. Um, <laughs> so make sure you guys, you guys follow us on all of our social medias, um, at Z Bryce on Twitter for Bryce at, uh, T Lats with two T's and two S's for me on Twitter. Um, You can also obviously like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever you want to do on, um, well, you can't comment on this because it's not going to be a video. It's going to be audio only. Um, but on Spotify, you can do a rating system. They have a rating system now. It's new. Um, so you can find that you can rate us, uh, review us. That's how we get to out to more people. That's how people, you know, learn about us, tell your friends if you like us. Um, yeah, we love all the feedback. We want you to follow, subscribe, like, comment, all that crap. Um, it really helps us out. Obviously, you can also help out by going to our sponsors, Saving Face Barbershop. Uh, that's down uh, in Saratoga uh, towards downtown. Um, and, um, you know, Mohawk Honda, Johnstone Supply and Troy. And make sure if you're going there, if you heard about them from us, if you need to go there, drop a name say you know taylor from uh sports with a z and t um sent me and yeah that, that's how you can support us if you want to support us uh follow like subscribe do all that jazz and go to our sponsors enjoy their services go to jeremiah get a haircut and tell them taylor and bryce sent it sent you from sports with a z and a t Maybe he'll hook you up or just make you look nice. He's always going to make you look nice. That's a given. Um, so for Sports with a Z and a T, one more time, I'm Taylor. Bryce In is in absentia. Um, we'll hopefully both be talking to you next week. See you. I'm going to go enjoy this game.